John, how's it going? I'm doing great, Brandon. How's it going, buddy? I got COVID. <laughs> I do. I got it. Uh, it. No, actually, it got me is what happened. I went, we had a parent-teacher observation day, essentially where we like went to our kid's school and we sat there. We were only supposed to be for 30 minutes, but we didn't know that. So we sat there for an hour in the classroom and watched the kids. And all the kids are like three, four years old, five years old. And they're all running around and they're like coming up to us and coughing and stuff. That was on Friday. And then Saturday. Oh, you think that's where you picked it up? That's a thousand percent where I picked it up. <sighs> and then on Friday, that was Friday. And then on Saturday, my wife and I were both like, oh my God, we got something. Because you just know, you wake up and you're like, uh-oh, uh-oh, this isn't good. And you start like getting hot and you're, all your joints are aching. And you're like, oh, it's coming. And I remember she was like running around cleaning the house like crazy just because she knows like when, when she goes down, she's going to be down and you know, it is what it is. So anyways, that was Saturday, Sunday, we were just done. And then, uh, Monday she like got a crazy earache. And anyways, on Tuesday she went to the doctor and they, um, they gave her a COVID test and they're like, no, you got COVID. You need to get an antiviral. So I came home and took a COVID test right away. I had COVID, but I went today and they're like, eh, I mean, it's going down. Your COVID test isn't that strong. It's, it's, you know, it's there, but it's, it's you got pretty baby weak. COVID. Well, you got baby COVID. yesterday, like when I did it, cause you know, you put like the, the three drops in and you're supposed to wait 15 minutes within like 30 seconds, both lines were like totally dark. I was like, uh, that's bad. Right. But today at the doctor's office, they're like, well, no, actually it's a pretty faint second line. So it's, it's not that bad. So they essentially said, your, your body's healing, so just let it ride. This has been a story for the last two months. Let it ride. Let it, Every time. I was The gift that keeps on giving, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> I went to the... Right? Well, so I've had this going. I've, I've talked a little bit on a podcast. And I was like, oh, I'm under the weather. But last week after the podcast that we did, I have this like chest thing going on, like congestion. And my wife's like, just go, go to the hospital get an x-ray. Because they have never done a chest x-ray. I'm like, fine. So I go to the hospital uh, I'm like, hey, can I get an x-ray? And they're like, yeah. And they take me back and they like put an IV in and start drawing blood. I'm like, whoa, 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 what's going on here? They're like, whoa, we're going to run tests. <laughs> so they're like drawing blood and they put this IV in and they come in and they like do all the swabs. I was negative for everything. Negative for COVID, negative for flu, negative for strep. White blood counts great. Chest x-ray is great. They're like, just write it out. I'm like, yeah. okay, then we'll write it out. So anyways, that's just, yeah, I don't know, dude. It, that's all they keep saying to me is just write it out. So Anyways, long story short is, yes, how I was doing, that's how I'm doing. That being said, you know, this, um, the last couple of weeks, it's, it's been very deja vu of the concrete countertop forum days of like drama-rama online, right? People, yeah. I don't know, dude, this is why I hate social media. I just don't, I hate getting engaged in these things, but I think it's important. I always think it's important to have the conversation. I think it's more important to have the conversation than to ignore it. Somebody was private messaging me and they mentioned um, uh, Noguchi. Noguchi was asked about his lamps and about people knocking off his lamps. And he said, he's like, have you seen my lamps? Why do I care about theirs? Like, have you seen mine? And that was his response. And the person's like, you, you know, you should stop worrying about people knocking you off. And I'm like, no, it's not about people knocking me off. It's about having the conversation of originality. Right. That's yeah, what I, I agree. I'm not, I'm not, I mean, I've already mentioned, I could chase people down. We have a lawyer as a business partner, bro. We could chase you down. I've talked to him. He's like, no. He's like, we can defend that all day long. We can we can take people down for for um, for design infringement. There's a design copyright when that was published. You know, you can you can pull that up and say, here it is, 2005. But I don't want to do that. That's not my intent. When I have these conversations, I think people mistake it as me 
defending what's mine. No, it's not me defending what's mine. It's me defending originality as something that's very important for all of us to want to for defend. For everybody. Yeah. Agreed. Everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's the conversation. It's not, I think people mistake it as like, Brandon's just, you know, pissing in the sand and saying, you know, don't take his stuff. I'm like, no, bro. I'm saying respect other people's stuff, whether it's chemistry, whether it's sealer, whether it's techniques, whether it's a sink design, a furniture design, yeah. whatever it is, don't Fashion, take from other whatever. people. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I have to admit, I mean, you've heard me say this, but I'm willing to put out there a little disappointed. I was a little disappointed, but maybe you hit the, the nail on the head is a lot of people are looking at it from a, from a pointed position rather than that. That's why I'll be the first to say for myself, that organization, I didn't even know existed. Be Original so, Americas? Yeah, the Original yeah. Americas. Be, so, no, no, it's not Original Americas. Be, be OriginalAmericas.com. Yeah. And Dot so com. when I went there and started reading, because even I'm willing to say with a little bit of an eye roll, like, eh, like, you know, how much of a, I mean, is it really this big of a deal? And then I started looking at the pictures on the website and reading some of that. And I'm like, uh, yeah, like, no, this is a big deal. And it goes much further than just, you know, somebody's sink or their table. To me, it, it brought up an overall kind of, I don't know, human side of it. And that is that when you, I don't know, take something of somebody else's, maybe takes, how about reproduce, knock off, or whatever we're calling it, whether we're talking about a sink, a countertop, a technique, whatever the case may be, you know, maybe you publish a video saying, oh, look at this technique that I developed. And you're like, eh, but we already know where those develops come from. The difficulty for me that, that makes me kind of get bummed out about the whole thing is that, number one, I'll be honest, I thought a lot more people would jump on there, not as an aha moment, but because it really is for all of us. This isn't a defensive posture. This was like, hey, you guys, this is for all of us kind of thing. So I was disappointed in that. And I don't know if that's telling or that, hell, maybe I'm still like, I, I got into, um, you're just naive. I shouldn't buddy. what's that? You're naive. Yeah, I guess I'm, that's what I'm saying. Maybe I'm just ultimately <laughs> incredibly naive. You're like a baby doe that just woke up right. and can't find, he, find his legs yet. No. And, and <laughs> you know, one of the guys that, um, on the ICT forum, I, I really liked Dylan. He, he made a comment, which again, just made me think like, okay, Maybe I'm missing it. I, I, I'm more than willing to say that. I'm willing to miss it. Um, and I came back to him and, and actually him and I are going to have a, a phone call, not just about that, but, you know, to see if I really do enjoy other people's point of view. So, yeah. You know, I really do. Even if I don't agree with them, I, I really enjoy learning these kind of things. And I would say, at least at the moment, to be honest, yeah, I, I thought more people would embrace the idea. And anyway, back to, I mean, I was watching, there's pictures on there of you know, everything from furniture and fashion and mugs. And I was like, holy Dude, crud, man. My buddy Brandon is, Williams has a company yeah. called Modfire. He, he, it was a design he a thousand percent came up with. Never, mm -hmm. never existed before he made it. He made this modern chimney, it's out of metal, called Modfire. I remember he came to my, him and our good friends, he came to my shop and showed me a sketch he did on a piece of paper and asked, he's like, what do you think about it? I'm like, dude, I love it. He's like, I'm gonna have to max out my credit cards to like get all this laser cut and, you know, do the whole thing. And then I was like, 
I think I'm going to do it. I'm like, I think you should. And he did. And he's grown into a really good business, but it's him and like a few employees. And he provides for his entire, you know, his wife and kids, everything is on this company. And then this Chinese manufacturer that produces private label for Target knocked it off verbatim. Even yeah. there was like a little hole at the top that he did. And I asked him back then, why'd you do this like little round circular hole? He's like, just design. I'm like, it's not for being able to lift it with a hook if it's hot and move it. He's like, no, no, no. He's like, I just did it for design. They even copied that little round circular hole. Wow. That was just a design detail. And he walked in to Target one day and there was essentially, and they called it the modern Cheminea. His was Modfire. And there it was <laughs> on the shelf, right? Imagine what that could do to his business and what it could do to his everything, right? Yeah. And luckily, it's amazing that it happened, but luckily he rallied people on Facebook and so many people came together and were like shaming Target that Target pulled them all off the shelf and, and got rid of it. Like as a company, they got rid of that product. Now where they went, they're, they're probably for sale somewhere like in the Philippines or something. I don't know. Yeah, like they didn't knows. throw them away. They just shipped them someplace else. Someplace in Africa, everybody has these modern chimeneas. But, you know, the thing is like they, they stopped selling it, but that can happen. And so that's yeah. the importance of this conversation. Now, here's what I would say. My well, I want to throw, before you get oh, that, okay. say, I want to throw someone else very near to us that had something very similar happen too. Remember Joe Bates with that table, that table design he came up with, with a, he handmade the metal brackets and all these kind of things. And then next thing you know, it's being done in Vietnam, sent to, sent to restoration hardware. Which table? And, um, I don't remember then again, we'd have to get him on. It was a table. It's probably a knockoff still on restoration hardware. Probably. I, I, I guess I just wasn't aware of that. I didn't even know. Oh, really? That. Yeah. yeah. No, no, this know. was X years ago. He was, he was very upset with, about it. And at the time the, the company was still under his uncle and they had to come to an agreement, financial and legal, um, to walk away from the design. But yeah, because it was being knocked off and in, They'd literally being found on restoration hardware. Crazy. But let's go to the next level. These knockoffs to restoration hardware are the very same pieces that so many of us rail against in a concrete countertop kind of thing because they're so cheaply made. Oh, yeah. I, I Bamboo think I, fiber. I, I mean, about, we've seen yeah, them. Yeah. Their so, attrition, they, their, their breakage rate is yes. like 50%. 50%. Oh, and they don't, what, you know, again, I'm not knocking what's available from where they come from. But I know I have personally resealed two of these knockoff tables that just, they were, I mean. Listen, I'll tell you, because I have a buddy, him and I have a little side thing where we do uh, kind of like a private label thing for, for uh, businesses. And Restoration Hardware approached him about mm. doing concrete pieces. And uh, we had meetings back and forth and whatnot. And essentially... I'm giving you like the, the lowdown skinny right now. Essentially, they were having so much problem with their concrete coming over that it, it was showing up broken. Like when they'd open the boxes, half of them were broken, right? And then they do like inside delivery. And if you return it, they have to go get it out of your house. If you have like some 800 pound table, they have to go get it out of your 10th story apartment in New York and take it away. Like that's part of their service, right? So it's cost them a fortune. The concrete is cost them a fortune. And they're getting sick of it. So anyways, they want to talk to us about doing stuff. And essentially, to make it in the U.S. was too expensive for them. They didn't want to do it. They're like, oh, we don't want to do that. You know, we didn't want to pay for quality. So then they asked if we would be willing to possibly consult to help their concrete person who's overseas get the concrete up to, up to par. And we're like, yeah, we'd be happy to do that. And so we had a 
conversation, essentially that person over there said, no, I don't want your help. (laughs) We're like, okay, uh, I don't know what to tell you. So anyways, the point is, uh, yes, it's garbage concrete. It's totally garbage concrete. And, you know, they're making the designs that Restoration Hardware is asking to make, or they're making designs that some designer who's like perusing Pinterest or whatever is like, oh, I like that. Mm, that's cool. Let me uh, let me just draw that up real quick and send this to Restoration Hardware and see if they'll approve it. Oh, yeah, it's approved. But we need 6,000 of them. Great. Let's make them. Right? There's a lot of that going on. Well, that's the downside. I think a lot of us, and I say us, I'm talking to every, I'm going to say, I really still believe probably 99% of this niche little, if we call it an industry, is still people working out of maybe their own garages, right? Or their small shops or these kind of things, feeding families, covering mortgages. And the reality of what we're talking about here isn't just an aha gotcha moment by someone maybe we just don't like for one reason or another. It the, the the reality is it taps into all of our pocketbooks much further than just taking a single potential job away from you. It, it goes even further. I mean, these when the knockoffs come out, they may not be the same quality. That quality, like in this case, I was talking about the tables from Joe, they were given a really ugly name to the product anyway. And then that, you know, like a, like, you know, ripples in the water can turn people off to concrete in general if they happen to be over it. Anyway, it's it, is there such a price to pay much, much larger than I think a lot of people are either want to see or just not truly seeing? Yeah. So two so, things, two things. I'm going to hit the first thing, which I was going to hit earlier, is my perspective on why people don't view it the way we view it is because they've never had any of their designs stolen. And so they're yeah. like, eh, I don't see why this is a big deal. But let's say that you work on something and it is unique and it is new and you put a lot of energy into it and you put a lot of time and R&D and cost and failure and you try things. I mean, dude, I got this new collection coming out. Alchet, well, I say collection coming out. Uh, I was supposed to do it last summer and I sold my shop and building and it's been a whole thing. But I have just in the chair hundreds and hundreds of hours in making that design and all the failures that have gone into it. Because there's been a ton of failures, a ton of failures Yeah, that have cost me a ton of money in rubber and everything else, fiberglass, where things didn't work the way they're supposed to. So you go through all that and, and you finally end up at this end result that's beautiful and it's it's perfect and it's done. And um, and then let's say it catches traction. It, it, you know, it catches fire with, with uh, architects and designers. And so it gets published in magazines, it gets published on blogs, and people start sharing it on social media. Great, this is awesome. So now, you know, all your hard work's paying off. And you took a risk, you took a gamble, and now it's starting to pay off. And then somebody comes along like, hmm, that's cool. And they just take the shell, you know, the very top layer, all that stuff that went in behind it. They don't have any of that. They don't have any of the R&D and that failure and all that time. They just come and they take the very top layer. They're like, ooh, I'm going to make this because people are going to buy it, right? And now they're taking it. You're like, whoa, 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 bro. No, 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 no. Like, that's my design. Oh, no, no. There's no such thing as originality. Great art is steel. Didn't you know that? And you're like, no, no, that's that's not cool. Well, uh, I don't believe in originality, so I'm going to take it. And then they start making it and they start they start manufacturing in Malaysia, right? They ship it off. They're like, let's manufacture Malaysia. Let's start selling this. Let's sell it in Target. And they just wreck it. They run into the ground, right? That can happen. But until that happens to you, 
You're yeah. not going to feel that way. But if it did happen, whoever that was, you're going to talk to Dylan later. I, I don't know Dylan's perspective, but let's say you talk to Dylan and, and Dylan came up with this, you know, whatever, uh, let's say a, a planter that's really innovative and then ends up being replicated and it's in world market, right? He'd yeah. probably feel a certain way about that. He'd feel pretty bad about it. You go to Walmart and there it is. It's made in plastic, your planter design at Walmart. You'd be like, man, I don't feel good about that. That feels really bad. I don't That's like the way bum. that feels. That was my yeah. design. They stole it. That wasn't theirs to steal. They stole my design. But until that happens, you don't know what it feels like the to sting, be stolen from. Yeah. Exactly. Well, and I think that's the thing. That's why, at least for the two of us, without going down the whole road again, that's how I felt and still do about some of the chemistries. Exactly. Working with other people. And as I would just say, you know, uh, mysteriously, the, the recipe, cookie recipe got mysteriously shown to everybody, right? Yeah. That, that hurts. Yeah. Uh, and it hurts to the core because of, you know, from your perspective, you put a lot of work, a lot of time, a lot of energy, a lot of R and D. And then next thing you know, you're, you're ready to have fruits of your labor. So you think, and well, bam, bam, bam. And it didn't work out so well. So exactly. So that's number one. The other part of this is the conversation is, isn't just about that, but it's about, it's about respect and integrity for me. That's what it's about. Yeah, exactly. It's for, it's for everybody's respect and integrity for other people. It's like, why is that such a bad thing to respect and have integrity for anybody else in the sensory of not taking whatever it is that they developed? Right. Right. You can ask them, Hey dude, is it cool if I make one of those? And probably most of the time they say, yeah, it's cool. But the respect is you don't take it and publish it and take it to a trade show and call it the same thing. You know, that's what I've seen happen is people rip off somebody's design and then I would see it in photos at trade shows and they'd be calling it the exact same thing. And they'd be showing up and go you search Google search, whatever it is. And it pops up in Google searches, all these companies making the exact same thing. That's not cool, bro. That's a lack of respect. That's a lack of integrity. Well, it feels that way. And it goes across the board with everything as we're saying. I mean, you're, you're, uh, I'm not going to say you're focused, but what you're explaining totally get it. And to me, it opens up even a bigger Pandora's box. And I think there was a, one of the defenses to that are like, well, look at all these videos on YouTube. And for me, like, <laughs> well, I mean, see, th- there you go. There, there's uh, a perfect that's example a defense? to me. That's a defense. Right? That's a defense. Yeah. That like, oh, wait a minute, man. See, again, I, I just don't agree with that. I, now I, I'm, I'm going to say my gray area. Look at all the, the thieves John in prison, shit. John. <laughs> look at all the thieves the, in prison. The, I have a gray area and that is, I can understand someone seeing something, maybe a technique or a, or, you know, design piece, what, whatever it is. But I guess I'm going to akin it to music for a second. Like when I hear a great artist sing someone else's song, but do their best to try to sing it the exact same way, eh, that doesn't do much for me. Yeah. But I really do enjoy people when they put their own spin on it, yep. you know, and, and a new way that this song comes out. And those um, people remember, a lot of time like, will blow up. Yeah, there was that guy, I can't remember his name, when he did Ice Ice Baby. Oh, but yeah. he did it from a completely different point of view. And I'm like, boo yeah. Now that is awesome to me. There was that group. Um, it had like a, they had like a, a 1920s, 30s vibe. It was so cool, man. Yeah, it was and they were doing so all the like rap songs cool. and stuff. Yeah. But they caught so, so much traction because they were doing something unique. You, yeah, and they took that and made a uniqueness out of their own. And that's what I would say. And and that's that's the difficulty that I hate to say we're calling it out, but maybe that's makes us the bad guy. Cause it does seem of late 
We've been calling some of that stuff out. I wouldn't out. say we're calling it out. We're having the discussion. I, we're having the discussion. Yes. Having the discussion, which is actually making some people very uncomfortable. Exactly. In fact, in many ways, some individuals say that that makes us unprofessional for having the conversation. But it makes them feel defensive. Argue, they feel like they need to defend what they're doing. Yeah. But, but I would argue that makes it more professional. Yeah. That because, you know, let's just talk training for a moment. You know, um, just from a training perspective, I would rather collaborate with somebody than have that somebody imitate and knock off in ways. And, and so so again, someone like, Oh, there John goes again. No, because there's, there's a, there's still a price to pay for that. And when that person doesn't get the answers of how they come about this, whatever they're creating in that training and those who knocked it off didn't have the answers to help that person. That's in my opinion, that's a little more of disservice to, again, from a general point of view, what all of us are trying to do. And that is to help everybody be successful. Well, and that's, I don't know if we're all trying to help everybody be successful. I think there's a lot of people trying to make as much money as they can, however they can. Whatever that means, whether that's training or whether that's products or whether that's false advertising, yeah, whatever that maybe. is. Oh, there's a lot of that. There's a lot. Maybe, but uh, even if that is true, again, well, just I mean, to be this. but you're, you're sitting there saying if everybody's in it for the right reasons, I don't think everybody's right. in it for the right reasons. Honestly, yeah, that's what I would say. Uh, honestly, I would say most side. people are yes. not in it for the right reasons. Most people are in it for let's make as much money today as we can. Screw tomorrow. Screw, screw all that. Let's cash in today. That's their, I think that's their perspective. You and I, we have a long view. We've been doing this for a long time, you yeah. know, and we don't plan on stop. We, you know, we didn't go 20 years to get here today and just close shop. We're going to be here another 20 years, hopefully. Right. But I think a lot of these people, they're just like, let's, let's make as much today as we can. That's yeah, their mantra. Maybe. I, think. I guess at the end of the day, I guess it boils down to what makes people happy. When I, when I get, you know, get messages from people, um, I mean, that that's, I don't see that as, at least for me, some prideful, like, aha, you know what? It's, it's obvious you were successful because ICT is the best. No, no, I, I never look at it that way. I look at it like if there's something that I can interject to help you be successful and feed your family so that I see you at the next workshop or the next, you know, world of concrete or whatever, at the coffee shop, whatever, um, and we, and, and again, <laughs> you, you keep moving forward and getting better with what you do, whatever that is, that to me is the badge of honor. Even if it meant, you know, uh, you know, somehow I sent you product because I wanted to, I, I don't know. It's just a different perspective. And I guess I would hope more people had that perspective more than just trying to, you know, sell one more box of something or get one more piece of inventory off their shelf. I don't know. Or get, or put one more body in their workshop or yeah. whatever the case may be. Yeah. You would think, I but know. yeah. Respecting other people's, whatever it is, intellectual property, uh, yeah. techniques, which would be intellectual property, uh, designs, which would be like, it's pretty much respect other people's intellectual property. That's what it is. Because it all it comes really out shouldn't be that property. difficult, to yeah. be honest with you. Yeah. It really Just should. treat other people. Imagine if it was something that you had developed. How would you feel if somebody else started knocking it off? You probably wouldn't feel great about well, it. Well, I do know how that feels. I, that's what but I'm see, saying. Again, but you this, know this, how it feels. 
Yeah. A lot of people <laughs> I know don't. Exactly how it feels. And so if you don't know how it feels, you don't have a frame of reference. You don't have a perspective. And so it's really hard to empathize with guys like us. We're like, oh, these guys are just up here trying to, you know, protect their stuff. And I was like, no, bro, this is it's happened to us. We know what it feels like. It happens to a lot of other people in and not just concrete, but in all industries that happens across the board. And this is something that needs to be talked about is respect other people's IP, whatever that is. And maybe that's up to an individual. And again, I, I'm putting myself on a little soapbox, an old podcast. And this Dude, is you, the truth. If we go one podcast, are you saying the word soapbox? Yeah. Or uh, you say soapbox in every podcast? I know I do because it's my soapbox is slippery. <laughs> 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 Gross. And it's sitting next to me a lot. Gross. The the whole idea that we've talked about now, and we've really vamped up the, what it means for curing, low ambient steam cure, all these kind of things to the point now that we're getting lots of feedback. Wade Bloom called me today um, and actually uh, texted me screenshots of the information that he's getting from his cube. Um Anyway, where I'm going with this is I have no problem, zero problem, my ego, my pride, John Schuler for who he is, to tell anybody the first person that even opened my eyes to this was Mark Salabuski, right? At the time when he was doing all his industrial stuff, okay, well, hold on. power blankets and Are all this You're talking about open your eyes to curing with heat. Exactly, curing yeah. with heat. Yeah. You know, Now, in his particular case— now, again, Mark, he was using power blankets. It was a much different than we're looking at. But that was the first thing to go, whoa, yeah. One of the things we all struggle with, and I'm going to go back, whatever that was, 15 some odd years ago, and like, yeah, man, the stuff sitting in my in molds for three, four, five days, six days. Like, geez, Louise, I, I mean, to the point that I got to have a 10,000 square foot shop just so that I can move one project a week. This is insane. Yeah. Which, you know, thank you very much, Mark Salabuski. Now we take so much of that, you know, as we all went down the diatribe of power blankets. Well, oh, those God. don't work. I still have industry. two of those things. <laughs> yeah, they I'm those... afraid they're going to burn down my shop. I never plug them in. They're so <laughs> exactly. dangerous. Exactly. Yeah. We've all found out pretty quickly, and they're crazy expensive. Yeah. We modified all that to, to really fit what all of us are trying to do. But I guess where I'm going with that is John Schuler. For God's sakes, if I don't have a problem, you know, raising up Mark Celebruski from way back when, I mean, I guess what I said, guess what I developed? Guess what my first thought was? And I mean, I just don't understand people doing that kind of stuff. Yeah. I truly don't. Yeah. Or or defending a position that originality doesn't exist. Because yeah. that when they say that, they're saying that it's okay, it's okay to take from other people. That's that's the flip side of that of that phrase of like, originality doesn't exist. So it's okay. They're leaving off the, so it's okay, but that's implied. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. There's original. I, I mean, every day we see new original thinking out of people. I mean, all yeah, you have to do percent. is get on the news. Uh, I mean, there's, well, I mean, let's, let's talk about concrete. When we do a class, every class that we teach, every class we teach, we make a, we make new pieces that never been made, new designs that never been made. And how do yeah, I know yeah. that? Because we don't have the designs predetermined when a class comes in. We work no. together as a, as a class, yeah, as the a, attendees right. to come up with a design. That design right. never existed in the history of man. You go back to caveman days, they're sitting in their cave, washing their hands on a little, yeah. little, little, uh, puddle on the floor. 
that sink existed didn't, didn't exist back then. And you go to you know yeah. 1800s, 1900s, 2000s. That sink never existed until this right. moment in time, and here it is for the first yeah. time ever. Don't tell me original design doesn't exist. There it and is right there. Sometimes you had wide open boundaries, and sometimes it's been narrow boundaries like here. Yeah. You got nothing but a half a piece of plywood to work with, and that's what you have to make something out of. Well, those, those uh, are like, those are what? parameters to help restrict possibilities. But I agree, but that's what I'm saying. And you have to create something from that that never existed before. Yeah, but the very... Yeah, yeah my... my yeah. You're, going off, you're going off track a little bit. But my point is, John, that in every class... We make something that never existed. So for somebody to say, Correct. you know, originality doesn't exist. It's like, dude, we do it in every class. Every single yeah. class, we do something that's completely new, I assure yeah. you. And um, No, and it's so fun. I mean, watching after everything's done, the oohs and ahs, because sometimes like this may turn out and be an abomination, and this may turn out, and we're like, holy crud, this is the most beautiful thing we've all seen in a long time. Yeah. So that's what makes it, yeah. So to, to say there's something can't be original, or there is no original, um, or no authenticity, I don't know. I, I, again, I'm, I'm certainly willing to hear the point of view that says there isn't, but... Well, I, I would know, just man. encourage people to... You know, empathy is putting yourself in somebody, else, in somebody else's position. Well, it's just good to know. It's good to know that there's an organization out there. It's opened my eyes to it even more so. Good to know there's an or- organization out there um, to be a part of. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. I agree. Well, damn it, John. We just wasted almost a half hour on that <laughs> conversation. <laughs> <laughs> so strong. Everybody's yeah. tuned out by now. They're like, I'm so sick of hearing these guys talk about originality and ah, I'm sick ah. of it. You know, yeah. I'm sick of it too. I'm sick of it too. Believe me. I'm sick of having this conversation. I just wish right. we could all agree to not steal from each other. That'd be amazing. Yeah. And we would yeah. agree that that's what it is. Well, because the same thing, it encourages actually success for each other. Exactly. Um, yeah, it really does. Yeah. So. Anyways, so today, who are we having on the podcast, John? Sammy Yavarla. 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 Yeah. Yep. In Australia. Mm-hmm. The land yeah, down from under. Australia, the uh, new Kodiak Pro distributor in Australia. Uh, looking forward to, I mean, I've been talking to him, well, we've been talking to him for well over a year, year and a half, hasn't it been? Finally, you know, navigating through COVID and Finally getting in a container of materials over there to Australia. Yep. So, Hey, John, you know I got an Australia tattoo, right? I do, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you were there. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember that, Dude. yeah. So I'm going to tell everybody what it is real quick. So maybe I already talked about this. I feel like I did, but I don't remember. But the Australians are listening right now, and they're going to be like, no, nah, this is bad. So I was down in Australia, and I want to get an Australian tattoo. And so I was... Uh, Sitting, sitting with the class in Australia. We're in Malulaba. I was like, hey, guys, what should I get? And they're like, oh, mate, you should get like a boxing kangaroo. I'm like, uh, no. Uh, they're like, you want to get a white cross? I'm like, I don't know what a white cross is. I'm like, no, I'm not going to get a white cross. I don't know what that is. I was like, I'm going to get a dingo eating a baby. They're like, no, don't get the dingo eating a baby. I'm going to get a dingo eating a baby. They're like, don't do it. I'm like, I'm going to do it. And okay, so in America, the dingo ate your baby has become like, has become like pop culture type thing. There's a whole Seinfeld episode where the dingo ate your baby. That's the episode, right? Mm-hmm. The dingo ate your baby. So anyways, and mind you, they don't show that episode of Seinfeld in Australia. I've asked my Australian friends, have you ever seen really? this episode? They have Seinfeld. They don't have that episode, which is crazy. So anyways, but you know, it's been a long time. I mean, I remember the whole dingo eating a baby thing 
when I was a kid, but a long time's passed. I mean, it's become a Seinfeld punchline now, right? Yeah. So I call around the tattoo shops and uh, I'm like, hey, can you get me in tonight? And the guy's like, well, what do you want? I'm like, I didn't go in a baby. He's like, yes, I can. Come on down. He's like, I love it. So, you know, tattooers have a sense of humor. So they love that kind of stuff. If I was like, oh, can I get a, can I get a dragon? And they're like, no, you have to make an appointment for that, you know, but a dingo and a baby. Yes. So I cruise down there. I leave dinner. We're all having dinner. Cruise down there. I mean, it's, it's hilarious. It doesn't even look like a dingo. It looks like a bear. I come back. They're like, let us see it. I pull up. It's like, oh, you did it. I did do it. So I fly back to the United States. Literally two weeks after I get back, Game wardens in Australia find a dingo den with a little piece of cloth in it. DNA yep. tested. It turns out the dingo did eat the baby, and I felt horrible. I'm like, what are the chances? Dude, I mean, like, 20 years, 30 years have gone by. This is pop culture. So it's a Seinfeld episode. And now it confirms, because I, I guess in Australia divided the nation, because half the nation thought she did it, half the nation thought the dingo ate the baby. Right. And, um, and so, you know, the whole thing in Australia is like a fair shake, a fair deal. They want everybody to, like, have their due process. And... I was like, oh, I mean, timing. My timing's horrible, bro. It had it been two weeks later, I wouldn't have done it because, you know, it was in the news and it turns out it happened. But when I did it, it was pop culture. But anyway, Sammy, Sammy, Sammy. Australia, yeah. land down under, going to be carrying Kodiak Pro, the world's best concrete mix, ad mix, and sealer is going to be in Australia, finally. Yeah, it landed. I, I believe he was actually, last I talked to him, was like literally unloading the materials into his, I don't know, his warehouse or his shop area. So, nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, really excited. Dude, Australians. So, you know, you and I went down there and, and did that class, but uh, I love Australia. I If I ever move anywhere else in the world, I'd move to Australia, honestly. I love Australia. Well, parts of Australia, uh, parts of Australia, because there's some super dry. Oh, yeah. But I lived in the desert. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. I don't care. I lived in Phoenix. But what I loved about Australia was the culture is very design focused. I think the Australians get the this conversation about originality a lot more than Americans do. I think they appreciate it more design than Americans do. Because everything down there, the McDonald's, the Starbucks, it doesn't matter what it is, yeah. a, a park bench on the street, everything is is just designed and detailed and the materials, everything is so much better in Australia, honestly, when it comes yeah, that's to... That's pretty cool, yeah. yeah and the super people cool. themselves, uh, concrete's huge over there. Exactly. concrete, yeah. Which is where I was going, is they love concrete, and, and Australians love authenticity materials as a culture. Uh, you see a lot of stainless steel, a lot of Ipe, a lot of concrete, and, mm -hmm. uh, and you know, so it's good that Kodiak Pro, who, you know, in my opinion, this mix is by far the best mix. I think when, when Australians get it and they test it for themselves and they see firsthand, because we always talk about a frame of reference and a perspective, they see right. firsthand the difference, I think it's going to catch fire and, and just take the country over because they love quality and they love real. They love real things. And so if you want real concrete and you want the best concrete, which I think Australians do, then Kodiak Pro. Yep. Let's, um, let's give them a holler. Let's I do it. He's waiting right now. Okay. It's early morning. Aren't they? They're a day ahead of us, right? What the hell if I know, bro? I think they are, yeah. I'm horrible yeah, yeah. Okay, let's call them. <laughs> <laughs> That's time, buddy. That's time. That's it's still math. It's still math. GMT plus 17. I can't add. I don't know. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. Right on. All right. Let's, let's call give them a call. Sammy Jaravella, how are you doing today? Really good, guys. How are you doing? 
Doing good. John, how are you doing? Hi, Sammy. <laughs> <laughs> so I much want to cut you off there. I love it. I love it. So much better. Take four. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, so, Sammy, you got some Kodiak Pro. Did it get delivered on Monday? Is that what I heard? Uh, no, it got, came on the Friday, Friday, late Friday afternoon. And, um, yeah, so I was unloading, unloading it and loading it in and with the forklift into the new warehouse, which was really, really exciting. Um, until I <clears throat> reversed the forklift into the, I didn't lower the mast enough and <laughs> reversed it into the garage door. Oh, I've right done on. that. <laughs> I've been there. So yeah, so it's in the process of getting fixed at the moment. So fun, fun, fun. I just took a sledgehammer and bent mine back straight. It worked. I had my part Amy there and she was kicking the door in with me is about six seven and getting dark and seven eight o'clock at night i'm just she's kicking the door into straight and and i'm holding the other side so yeah i remember uh, when it we happened got it done. we got it done my uh my guy at the time i was like get a sledgehammer he's like dude it's never gonna work i'm like it's gonna work get the sledgehammer he got the sledgehammer <laughs> i beat it straight he's like i can't believe that worked i'm like well there it is it's fixed so and it stayed yeah. like that the whole time nobody even knew it nobody even knew yeah. it had a big dent in it but uh, yeah. yeah this one you can still see yeah <laughs> That's all good. So where are you at in Australia? Where's your new shop at? Um, so I'm on the Sunshine Coast in Queensland. So um, I, I grew up and lived in Brisbane most of my life. Um, with, and so I'm about an hour and a half, two hours north of Brisbane. Um, beautiful, beautiful part of the world. Me and John uh, been there. Been a, yeah. Sunshine Coast, yeah. Maloolaba. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm about 20, yeah, 15, 20 minutes just north of Maloolaba on the other side of the river. Maroochee river. Yeah, in a beautiful, sleepy little um, beachside town called Mount Coulomb. So um, yeah, got a national park out my back gate. Literally, I walk out my back gate and I'm in a national park. Wow! Um, and I literally walk up. You know, most mornings I walk up Mount Coulomb. It's just a nice little half hour, forty-five minute brisk walk up this mountain, and then yeah, and then ride my bike to the beach. Um, yeah. Beautiful part of the world. I'm pretty sure, yeah, John. Really is there is there a beautiful so. waterfall there? Like a um, magical there are waterfall around here? Yeah, like magical. Yeah, like magical. Yeah. Like orchids and it's like a naked ladies. Experience. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. There's plenty of them here. Yeah, yeah. So you know what, Sammy? It's a it's a once in a lifetime event. Yeah, that just brings your world together. Yeah, it's um, can never be replicated. I don't know how to explain it. Yeah. Well, that's the Sunshine Coast for you. It's full of magical fairies and unicorns up here. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll tell you yeah. a really quick story. What John and I were referencing is when we came over to do the training class, I got jet lag pretty bad. I was feeling under the weather the first day. And so John and another guy that we were with said, hey, we're going to go out for lunch. We'll be back. Or no, we're going to go out for breakfast. We'll be back for lunch. And yeah. we'll pick you up and we'll head out for the day. Great. I'm just going to sleep in. Right. So they leave for breakfast. I wake up like around 9, 30, 10, get up, take a shower, go down, get a coffee at the little coffee shop, come back up, waiting at the, uh, at the Airbnb or whatever it was, uh, a condo, waiting. Noon, one, I don't want to leave because they're coming back, right? One <laughs> I'm like, where are these guys? But I'm not leaving. I'm not going to go anywhere because they're going to be back. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight p.m. It's dark outside. I'm sitting there in the condo like a madman just staring at the wall in the dark, right? 
just fuming because, dude, this is my trip too, bro. I'm in Australia too. We only have one rental car. And here they come. John and this other guy come in. Dude! Oh my God! We we kept going. We went to this waterfall. There was naked ladies and orchids. It was insane! And uh, the other guy was reading the room pretty good. He could tell, like, I wasn't having it, right? He could tell I was pissed. John has zero people skills when it comes to reading body language. And, uh, <laughs> and John's like, It was What's an going amazing on? experience. I still, still, I still reflect on it to this day. And I went off. I was like, this is my trip, too. You guys are coming back at noon. It's 8 o'clock. Ah. And John's like, are you mad? I'm like, yeah, bro, I'm mad. He's like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm like, okay. Water under the bridge. I'm over it. And that was that. We were done. We didn't talk about it again. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> Till now. Yeah. Yeah. But bro, they always yeah. tell, tell me how amazing it was, like all the fun they had that day while I was just sitting in this condo in the dark. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stewing while we were just in paradise. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, John, I'll let you kick this yes. off. I'm a little under, I'm a little feeling under the weather today, so I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of sit back and let you guys have a conversation. I'll jump in from time to time, but you guys can talk. Well, I think a first part of this, Sammy. Again, we, you and I have talked for quite some time. Mm. You, you know, you've been over there. You've been part, uh, leading part of other companies and so forth. I guess where I'm coming from is to begin with. How about just a quick introduction where you've been? Because as you very well know, well, you and me know, we've had plenty of discussions on, <laughs> let's say, you know, unfortunate phone calls, rumors, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. anyway. So I'm mm-hmm. not here to dispel rumors, but I'll introduce you and then, you know, expand. Samuel yeah, Arvella, yeah. you know, it's been great working with you. Great moving this direction. Mm. Pop Concrete is actually, you were part of Pop Concrete when I first met you. Yep. So take it away, man. Talk about yourself for a second. Yeah, I think uh, we first chatted probably um, sometime in, I think, 2019. <clears throat> and because, um, yeah, you were, <clears throat> I was looking at, yeah, bringing ICT in at some point mm-hmm. and, um, and you sent some over to um, sort of sample and test and I didn't get around to doing it for whatever reasons um, back then. And, yeah, so, yeah, sort of. Pretty quickly after that, things sort of went south and pear-shaped um, come 2020. Um, with yeah, I um, yeah had to liquidate the OG pop concrete um, that I started with my brother Yoni approximately 13 years ago. Um, so, because we both come from a concreting background, Dad was a concreter. Uh, he was a boiler maker over in Finland. Um, and he emigrated here and became concreter. So we sort of were in the construction industry um, as a family and brothers. And, yeah, so we – oh, shit, I remember concreting from a little kid. As a little kid going out there and getting on the slabs and the decks and get driveways and, yeah, and then continued that through into my 20s and um, thought I'd got to get out of the game because I could see my dad dad's back yeah. failing. Broken, yeah. <laughs> And now I'm starting to pay the price of, you know, youth, you know, like you, like most concreters know, you're out there with no shirt on um, all day, every day. And um, just had some skin cancers removed. Um, yeah. And that ended up a pretty wild story too with that earlier this year. And um, yeah, so going up to that, yeah. So Yoni and I, my brother, we um, sort of got together in sort of – 2008, 2009, something like that. He'd just finished his industrial design degree and was 
not really looking forward to going to work for someone else. We'd always sort of been self-employed. Um, our, most of our lives were working in a family business. And so, yeah, mm. he sort of floated the idea of pop concrete. And um, and <clears throat> the reason for the word, for the name pop was um, was a real play on um, pop- popular, like in popular culture. And, and the idea was to make concrete popular in mainstream Australia sort of with architects and designers because – Yoni, obviously, studying at uni, uh, a lot of his um, classes overlapped with architectural classes with architects, so I made some really good contacts and friends with um, architects. So, yeah, so the idea was, okay, we could bring this to the market. It was already happening. There was a, um, a guy, um, James from Mixed Element, he was operating on the Sunshine Coast where I am now, and um, and so he'd been around. There were other guys doing it before we did. Yeah, that's where we did the class. James. Yeah, James. Yeah, 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 yeah with James. Yeah, lovely guy. Um, sold him some ICT the other day. So, um, oh. yeah, <laughs> he happened to drop in while I was unloading the container. And luckily, because oh, those containers we got, uh, the pallets that we got in there were ridiculous. So oh, I couldn't even get my pallet jack in there. Anyway, it's another story. But um, <clears throat> so, yeah, we, we kicked off Pop Concrete and um, – uh yeah sort of very sort of <laughs> wide-eyed bushy tail getting into it just thinking oh yeah it's gonna be great and yeah, it's, it's been a wild wild ride i've got to say you know like the ups and downs of running a business and um like it's very different to just being a sole trader where you're just um, working on your own or working with one other person where you're sort of building a company and you've got employees and it becomes its own animal and own beast and um so yeah we Sort of had lots of ups and downs, very stressful, um, but still very enjoyable. But you basically, to, you hmm. can correct me on this, but you, hmm. I'm going to say you ran the, I don't know, how about the architectural precast side of things? Is that what you were really a part of? Yeah, so we we sort of, we worked alongside architects a lot. So we spent, a, we, we actually went in and had lots of meetings with architects. Um, we ran like, <clears throat> like seminars for architects and, um, it's funny, we we did a couple of shows uh, where you'd sort of with architects and designers, we'd sort of take our products in and and then and then that and then we got invited because we had the contacts with through that through uh, Yoni and his university. So they invited us to come in and talk at their firms and they'd sort of put on a lunch and um, they'd get all their staff and then we'd sort of put on a put on a bit of a demonstration or whatever uh, presentation more so of um, what concrete can do and. And um, so that was really cool. And we had all these other companies like, how do you do that? How do you do that? And I said, well, I don't know. I think, isn't that normal? You get invited to go talk with architects. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I found out, no, that's not that normal. <laughs> um, but, I mean, we developed really good relationships with them and um, and enjoyed working with them. And I know <clears throat> architects cop a lot of flack as being, you know, sort of out there. And every time you go talk to a builder and then they roll their eyes when the architect comes in and, and then the architect, you know, you know, everyone's sort of like oh, struggling to work with each other, and um, and often we get caught in the middle there because you sort of understand both languages: the language of design and architecture, and then the language of construction and building. So, trying to bring those two worlds together um, was a lot of fun, challenging. Um, but yeah, definitely, definitely, the goal was to you know bring concrete to the fore into the mainstream, um, and and um, yeah, and that was. <laughs> That was funny. I remember the first time we were just doing wet cast stuff and giving samples to kitchen companies, and we were literally we were <laughs> reading Buddy Rhodes' um, encyclopedia, the hardcover book that he wrote, and um, 
and just we found in there a little recipe for wet cast concrete and away we went started making stuff and putting in all the reinforcing and and we just sealed it with a wax i think or some basic a densifier and a wax and um yeah and you just oh yeah well we all and, we all had our modest humbling beginnings that's for sure yeah we yeah. yeah we literally started under my brother's house as all of about um i don't know maybe three meters by sort of three meter little section under the house like yeah which is not big <laughs> um the size of a single car garage type thing three by six and um yeah we sort of started under there and there was it even a, like a low i-beam steel i-beam that was there and it was lower than my head height so we had to put aberflex around it because i just kept hitting my head on it and um and so yeah yeah but yeah you were they were humble beginnings and um yeah and then you sort of rise and grow and we were just growing so rapidly so rapidly and um and um and really i i guess i i you know because i was also running the business side of it and um you only left that for me to care for and um and I would have, yeah, struggled not knowing what to do, running a business and, you know, trying to learn. We had business coaches and just trying to understand how to run a business. And at the same time, you're making stuff and it's growing and growing. And you're sort of, you're too scared to stop the growth or to slow the growth down because you think, okay, if I'm going to keep growing, you know, then that's good. I'm going to get, you know, make more money and, I'll, you know, and then I'll get to that point where it'll be a bit easier. Um, and, and um, but yeah, it was, yeah, very, very challenging. And that's, I think a lot. Now, of wasn't it like 2020? That. You, I don't know. I'm going to say, yeah. walked away from pop concrete, or yeah. Just... So that came, yeah, sort of all came to a head in 2020. Um, you know, we um, sort of had a bit of a low dip in the end of 2019. I'd let some staff go and just just went quiet, um, and then not really knowing what 2020 held um, at the time, um, we sort of yeah. And um, come 2020, we sort of spoke to the accountants, and they said, look unless some sort of miracle or whatever. Um, and then by that time, the chatter of um, COVID coming in, um, we were advised to liquidate um, the company um, into going to voluntary um, administration. Otherwise, you know, we'd be liable of, you know, yeah, operating, uh, what is it? What's the term? Um, yeah, so when you're operating and you're, you're, you're not liquid. So um, yeah, so then, yeah. So we oh, in the red or something? Yeah, yeah. So we started that process, um, and that was that period of my life was probably one of the most stressful times of my life. You know, um, I still had the supplies and training company that um, I was in. That, that's where we were bringing in Trinic products, selling Trinic products, running all the training classes. So that was still running, and I was um, fully operating, running that. And then um, I had a business partner who'd come on board, um, Chris. Um, yeah, and so. Yeah, so that was sort of that was yeah that was we had to sort of get out of there because um, we had to close the doors and pop concrete and then get out of there and just get other premises. So yeah, it was a lot, lot happening in 2020 um, with in between lockdowns where the whole whole country was just in in silence. It right. seems like um, so yeah and um, yeah so pretty much by the yeah end of 2020 um, you know. I was told we had to liquidate um, the supplies and training company, um, which, yeah, which I was sort of a bit surprised about at first. Um, and then, but to be honest, I was in a pretty pretty bad headspace back then just with the stress of, you know, winding up um, 
you know, pop concrete, the original one and all that sort of stuff. So um, I sort of went along with everything and, yeah, um, so, yeah, been some interesting things coming out of that, a lot of chatter and talk recently um, considering now I'm coming back. So, Right, well, um, that's – and, again, mm. that's why I just wanted a kind of synopsis Mm. there because you and I met – I don't know. It's probably been a year. I think Yeah. not everybody knows that about a year mm-hmm. that, yeah. you know, you re- yeah. we reached out, we, you and I mm-hmm. started chatting about this kind of stuff mm-hmm. and, um, and wanting to move a Kodiak direction. So b- before we talk about Kodiak for a minute, but mm-hmm. you know, while you're pop concrete, you mentioned that the other things you're using any, I mean, what struggles, what, what, material struggles, sealer struggles, what, what made you decide to come, you know, to reach out this direction compared to other places you had already been? Mm. Yeah. Good question. Yeah. So, um, so in sort of 2021, so last year, towards the start of last year, like I was, I, I sort of pretty much said, I'm out of the game. I'm done. I finished. I walked away. That's probably why there was a lot of radio silence from me while, you know, all of a sudden, out of the blue, you know, another company started up, Mac and T, um, mm. started up. <clears throat> and everyone was like, oh, so you're back in the game. You sort of, and I said, no, I don't know what you're talking about. And yeah, lo and behold, um, yeah, that sort of happened. And I was like, oh, okay. And it was it's a whole little um, interesting journey for me through that processing, all that side of it. Um, so, yeah, so then um, in, you know, my son, Josh, who I'm in business with at the moment, um, um, yeah, he basically kept saying, you know, Dad, you know, we should really take this, you know, we've got this good Instagram still there, you know, we could still build something and make something. That was sort of, that was sort of, um, you know, end of 2020, early 2021, and I was like, man, I'm, I'm too tired. I'm, I've got nothing left in the tank. I need, definitely need to time out. So I literally had three months time off, you know, to sort of recuperate in um, end of 2020, and. Um, hit the road and um, I spent actually my first two weeks off. I spent um, at my brother's property, just did a personal silent retreat, meditation retreat on my own for two weeks out in the middle of nowhere, which was, yeah, that was really good. So um, very helpful um, to sort of get you in a bit better headspace. And yeah, so then, um, yeah, so then, yeah, Josh kept asking and um, and then eventually I said, all right, let's do it. We'll do it. You know, it's going to be no debt. We're just going to do it nice and easy, build slowly, not rushing, not trying to become millionaires, all that sort of jazz. And he goes, yeah, that's cool. And, um, yeah, so we started chatting together and then we got um, a really good friend of mine, Sal, involved. Sal I'd known for a couple of years. Um, he was getting some product off me and, um, and also he just um, stepped down from his um, – uh, marketing company that him and his partner at the time, the two of them set up and it was quite big and successful marketing company that got hammered during COVID as well and had to sort of wind it down. And But yeah, so he was really interested in product and the materials and really wanted some really good ethical, ethical in a way for him, like, you know, that, are you know, without all the rubbish in them, like, you know, without all the um, the chemicals as, as much as possible, I guess, he was mm. looking for that. And so I was, so I did, you know, that's when we started talking about you guys and you got the conversation come up with about you guys and and um and that's when I reached out to you and he was, you know, pretty keen to start trialing and, you know, testing the products and we were, you know, we were spending a bit of money on getting R&D on different, talking to different chemists and getting different mix designs and 
And um, yeah, so <clears throat> so yeah, through so yeah, he got bored and was starting to do all our marketing. That's when we um, started came up with in the mix. Um, it was a concept that Sal and I had talked about earlier, where we're you know just sort of building up a a company that would sort of you know I suppose be an asset to um, the industry. That was sort of our goal back then. Was how can we be an asset to the industry? How can we um, you know, support other people and bring lots of good information, good training, good, you know, support, because it was sorely lacking, um, you know, obviously in, 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 in Australia and, um, and across in generally where, you know, a lot of places. So, yeah, we started planning on doing that. And, um, and yeah, that's when we sort of thought, okay, we could incorporate bringing in Kodiak Pro and ICT, and that could be a part of something that we bring to market to the professional level, to the professional market. And, um, yeah, so that's when our conversations started, John. Um, yeah, a good year ago. And I was thinking while you were talking, because you're talking about the different mixes and whatnot, and mm. what I love about Australia and Australians is they love concrete. Australians yeah. love concrete, and they love good design. When I went down there, I was really shocked by how great the design is in Australia. And how much emphasis is put on design, just yeah. as a culture. They, you know, the culture loves design, and I really appreciate that. So Australia, you know, it's it's uh, a big country, but a small country because it's really spread out. And just mm. a few, you know, Melbourne, Sydney, um, what is it? Uh, Brisbane, Brisbane, yeah, and just a lot of open space in between. But that being said, um, concrete is very popular there. So you know, there's there's a few companies down there that are selling, distributing, whatever. Mm. Kodiak Pro, you know, you're you're going to be the distributor there. Where do you think Kodiak Pro, where, do you, where does it fit into the puzzle? Where does that fit into Australia for the concrete market? Okay, <clears throat> good question. And this is the one Sal and I discussed uh, a fair bit. And we were like, okay, Australia needs a good, just there's, there's lots of, like anyone can whip up a half decent mix, you know, using acrylic polymers and that. And <clears throat> back backtrack a little bit because um i was working in um back in pop um I, we brought on um this chemist duncan um and he was he was like a cement engineer chemist and um an incredible guy and you know absolute genius of a guy um quite literally and um and we brought him in and and what i love about duncan is um he was always wanting to think outside the box and was willing to you know push boundaries and try new ideas um, and we can pretty much thank Duncan for having access to CSA around the world. Um, and that's quite literally because um, the Chinese were the only ones manufacturing CSA back in the day. Um, and I, I literally off, just got off the phone talking with Duncan. And I said, I was just amazed by that story. And he sort of went into it again. He goes, yeah, yeah. He goes, the, the Chinese didn't know. They knew what they were doing, but they didn't know why they were doing it. They somehow accidentally stumbled across a way to make CSA, um, but and so they had the monopoly in it, um, and so he went through all these researching papers, and he knew there was a reason um, how you could make it because no one else could make it, no one could do formula or anything like that, and there was no formula. And then he cracked the code on it um, quite literally, um, and and um, yeah, and basically out of that he. He, he was over in China and in, in a symposium or whatever, he was giving a talk and he put, put the formula up on the board on how to make CSA cement. 
And huh. with, he reckons literally within half an hour, he was escorted out of the place. It's premises. like the Australian John, John Schuler over there, yeah. man. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I told Duncan, I said, Dunk, you and John need to talk. Dude. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, and he literally got escorted out of, uh, escorted out of China. And um, oh. now, yeah, so that's why, like, like, like people, you know, companies like Lafarge and um, Blue Circle, they couldn't crack um, how to make CSA. And like, and these guys were working with Illuminate Cements, you know, so, yeah, yeah. and all of a sudden now <laughs> publicly available. So you can thank Duncan that, you know, um, CSA yeah, yeah. cement can be manufactured in Australia and in America and around the world. So <laughs> I thought that was quite funny because the Chinese, yeah, the Chinese didn't know what they were doing. Like they, they sort of knew what they were doing, but they didn't know like the, like the the formulation behind and what was going on. So it was a bit that was sort of like stabbing in the dark and and um, so yeah, that was yeah. So that's what I'm saying that, that this guy is incredible. He's just got an incredible understanding of the chemistry behind things and and just is able to think outside the box. And so we started to explore like um, polymer-free concrete. Like I really wanted to sort of get out of that realm. And he was saying, yeah, that's he's saying like he gets polymers, but he says they're not the be all and end all. You know, yeah. and um, yeah, and so and so yeah, we started to do that research. You know, we sort of had a pretty rudimentary lab set up. <laughs> um, so we, you know, we had you know compression and flexural test machines, and and um, yeah. So unfortunately, my research with Duncan was cut pretty short in um, 2020, um, and we sort of parted ways. And um, you know, in you know not the best of terms at the time. There was a lot of misunderstanding of what was going on. And then we sort of have now mended fences and we've become really close friends um, of late and which is really, really, really good. Um, and so he's now working in the steel industry. He's got nothing to do with the concrete world, unfortunately, at the moment. There's a big, big loss in, um, um, big loss in, you know, a great mind, I think. Um, but mm. yeah, so, yeah, so getting back to what was the original question? <laughs> How does Kodiak well, Pro fit in? Yeah. And so as I was looking and talking and, and getting to understand Kodiak Pro, um, I was like, holy moly, you know, I was talking with Sal and I was like, man, this is what we've been talking about. <laughs> you know, right. like I know, I remember from years ago, John, you spoke about ICT and how your integrity behind making it as something that, you know, it, it's healthy. It's not healthy for you, but it's not going to kill you. Like we talk about water-based part A and B and, Man, right. like we keep saying, that shit will kill you. Still, it'll, you know, it'll it'll do damage to you. And um, even though it's not solvent based, there's no solvents, so to speak. Um, um, it's still, yeah, it's still not that healthy. And I remember you were talking about it. You were talking about your family, uh, you know, the health of, you know, you're thinking like that. And I thought, and we said with Sal, like this is the, this is the path that we sort of wanted to take. This is the direction we wanted to take. Um, and not only that, but the the products themselves have, you know, you know. Uh, work beneficially um, you know, for you and then, you know, in terms of health and also in terms of their performance. So, yeah, we were pretty excited to start trialing with Kodiak Pro and, um, yeah, but unfortunately Sal passed away about five months ago. So, yeah, I think the stress of losing the business and all that sort of um, sort of got to him. He lost his company and, and everything that went and he tried to start up something else and, again, during COVID and it sort of, Failed, I guess, and um, yeah, in the end, it was too much for him, and yeah, he's you know just went into some major depression, and right. yeah, and um, well, we know, certainly yeah. we understand that. Brandon and I mm. came up with this whole idea, Brandon before me, and right pre-COVID, if 
If we had mm. seen a crystal ball at that time, we both would have probably slowed down a little bit at the time. So I totally mm. understand. I'm gifted with doing things at the worst possible time. I came up with this at the worst time. I bought crypto at the height of crypto. I bought silver at the height of silver. I bought a house at the height of the market. I yeah. literally am the worst at timing anything by far. Yeah. Well, that's funny because Yoni and I started um, Pop Concrete um, in the middle of the GFC. So everyone thought we were mad. I was giving up a, I was, I was a primary school teacher. I had like a full-time job, which was really hard to get at the time in primary school primary point teaching and um yeah and i was like everyone's sort of mad and it's like i was just like yeah we're just gonna do it <laughs> and but ironically we did market research um all the high-end stuff we're still selling it's the it's the cheap stuff that stops selling it's you know at right. the end of the day but it was the people with deep pockets that can ride out through that they were still buying and they were buying quality at the time and so mm -hmm. that's why we found the furniture pieces were again just selling going gone you know and um and that's why it's, you know, it is important to understand your market and where you're coming from. And then going back again, circling back to that question of why ICT and Kodiak is, I definitely want to bring in a quality product. Like um, there's some good products like, uh, you know, Domcrete is, you know, Dom's releasing some really good products and I've played around with them, tried them and made stuff and, you know, um, um, made pieces out of them. And I, I, a lot of respect for them and, um, and, you know, but I think still there's a reason for it. I mean, you know, there's, you know, you can, there's, I call them like home brand products, you know, they're just dirt cheap, you know, right. we'll throw in free delivery. You will just, just, you know, sell them for really, really cheap. And, and it is to snatch that market of people who are like, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, I, I don't have the real money to pay for something quality. I'm just going to get something cheaper. And I'm like, look at all these little bells and whistles that come with it. Um, it's sort of, I was telling my partner Amy last night. I was like, "Yeah, it reminds me of when I with, there's this biscuit that we used to um, still do. Used to eat. It's called a Scotch finger biscuit. I don't know if you guys have them. In it's like a shortbread um, type biscuit, and uh, you can buy the real quality brand. You know, um, Arnott's who make them, an Australian company, and they make these beautiful biscuits. And you pay for them. You know, you pay for the quality and you pay for the taste and everything. Then you get the home brand version, which is cheap. You know." And it sort of works if you dunk it in your coffee and you sort of soak it and long enough. <laughs> well, there you go. That's that's a perfect analogy yeah. to well, where we're at. I, yeah. I, was, I was thinking about it. It just sort of, I just was laughing. I was like, it just sort of explained it perfect. Like, yeah. And But the thing is, there is a market for it and people do that. And like the home brand, you know, people buy home brand. There's times, you know, I've had to buy home brand because, you know, my <laughs> my wallet was empty, you know. Right. So, um yeah, so in doing that, yeah. So and and there's people need to buy that. It's fine, and there is a market for that. And um, you know, we got the the two dollar shops where you know you can buy your two dollar trinkets and things like that. But I don't want to play in that realm. I definitely don't want to play in that realm. And um, and it's like a fight to the bottom. And I, I'm I, I don't need that in my life. It's because that is a fight. And um, and I'm not into you know try and fight for market share. I'm here to say okay. Uh, these are my skill sets. This is what I've been involved with in the past. And um, and the thing is, I only had ended up having two or three months off and I was back working for my brother with Pop Plus, his company, Pop Plus. Um, he was able to ride out COVID really well because he picked up a really, really good contract. Um, I think it, in the end was close to half a million um, through COVID and because um, they weren't shutting construction down during COVID. So he uh, he was kept manufacturing um 
and yeah, and got out a really good product in the end and did really, really well. So a lot of credit to him. He did really well um, in that big project. And um, it was very challenging, especially with um, all the COVID regulations um, that were happening. So um, yeah, and so contrary to what some of the rumours are going around, no, I didn't funnel money into Yoni's company to keep it afloat, to hide money. <laughs> so, what about the cartel? I heard something about a cartel, oh, cocaine. Sammy, maybe you should Maybe I should have. Maybe I should have. Yeah. Cigarette boats. There, I would have. Submarines. Another rumour I heard was, oh, it's um, $400,000 I stole and I've got squirreled away somewhere. It's like, yeah, not really. I think I walked away with um, a few bags of clothes and most of my furniture gone and whatever I could squeeze into a van and hit the road. That was sort of my <laughs> my my sort of um, what it all came to in the end. I actually remember, yeah, sort of sort of August September 2020 when I was sort of uh, even you know finally they were all shut down. I had to get out of my apartment. You know, sort of you know it was like a actually was crying to Yoni is like, wow, this is it. It's all come down to this. And but the brilliant part of the journey is like um, the last two years, you don't, I haven't sort of like, okay, that's not me. The company's not me. What I built is not me. If you identify fully with that, then yeah, always it's going to be loss and hurt and pain. Sure. And you do take that away. So, um, but it's hard not to, because it's your baby. Like, you know, supplies and training. I remember starting that with, you know, talking with Bob, you know, bringing Trinic products in, and it was it was a it was a hard slog getting it up. And it was, but it was a it was a it was a great company. I really enjoyed it. Like, it, you know, obviously it wasn't perfect, but um, it's going quite well. Like, you know, we brought in Duncan as a chemist, you know, and I brought in Chris as a business partner, and um, yeah, and things obviously didn't go as planned and didn't happen as planned, and um, but. Often it never do. Yeah. In 2008, the market crashed in Phoenix and I lost mm. pretty much everything. House, vehicles, all that stuff. I sold I sold the vehicles and all that stuff, but I, I let the house go back to the bank. It was so upside down. I built a loft at my shop and I moved into my shop <laughs> and I thought I was going to be so depressed. I thought, dude, this is going to be horrible. This is going to be depressing because I got rid of the mm. Porsche. I got rid of the BMW motorcycle. <laughs> I got rid of the house, you know, and uh, I'm living in my shop and it's next to a milk factory and it smells like a hot turd half the time. And I'm taking a shower in the back and it's freezing cold because, you know, it's the back of my shop. It's not heated. But I moved in there. It was amazing. It was, it yeah. was probably one of my favorite times of my life as far as no stress. I'd go to the gym every day. Um, I still had work. I didn't have a ton of work. Most of, oh, actually all the businesses in Phoenix at the time closed shop um, mm. when the market crashed. So yeah. they all closed shop and I was the only guy left. And so I was still getting work, but I didn't have any bills. I mean, I really had no, no bills and I didn't have any debt. And so I'd go to the gym every day. I'd eat really healthy. I'd lay by the pool. It's Phoenix. So even in the wintertime, you can lay outside by the pool, lay mm. by the pool. I'd go hiking, uh, do a little bit of work here and there. I didn't have any employees. So I didn't have any stress of, you know, being there for them and, you know, all that kind of yeah. stuff. And it was a really awesome time in my life of just mm. like, you know, like getting back to zero, feeling good about everything. And, yeah. uh, you know, what I thought going into it was going to be and then what it turned out being were two different things. It turned out to be a really great time. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. And, well, I, and that's, go ahead. Yeah, I'm, I'm interrupted sorry. for a second. I apologize because... That's when, as I, rec well, I'm going to go back to back. Everything you just talked about, your history, mm. uh, Duncan, mm. where you've mm. been. And mm. one of the things I clearly remember is when you and I started talking more Kodiak, mm. 
uh, would it be fair to say skeptical? You were pretty skeptical. You know, you a were, little bit, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, and I and I get I mean, that. You're, yeah. You've been working with chemists. You've been doing these things. You've been following your path. You even yeah. represented. You know, you were distributing other things at the time. And mm. I, part of our conversation, uh, and when you and I were talking, mm. uh, I remember. You probably don't remember this, but in ways you were cutting me off because you were like, <laughs> kind of like Brandon does sometimes. You know, when you and I are talking, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about, John. It was more John. like John. Eh, John, yeah, I don't know what yeah. you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, right. And and that's when John, I finally said, John, like, well, I'll John, tell you what, buddy. John. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking uh, about. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna and, keep this joke going the whole time. Yeah, right. Um and my comments to you were, well, I'll tell you what, Sammy, get some materials, let's get them mm. out to you, mm. and then make your decision from there. And you and I yeah. had made no agreements yet. Nothing. You were yeah. already planning on doing some other things like a DIY mm -hmm. market. You and I, mm -hmm. in fact, I remember you putting on the table like, well, you know, I might just do this <laughs> anyway. And, and I totally understand. Mm. Then when you got the materials, mm. I'll let you talk about it. You blended yeah. stuff up. Yeah. Here we are. Yeah. Yeah. And to add to that, um, and I know there's heaps of talk and rumors, well, not rumors, just talk about, you know, you know, Dom and I are in partnership and stuff like that. And, and yeah, and this is what you, you and I have spoken about at length, John. Um, and we are, and I know, you know, it's causing, you know, all kinds of chatter for whatever reason. Um, but yeah, so Dom and I, and I remember talking to Dom and saying, mate, there's something about this mix. <laughs> and, um, and um, yeah. And so I don't, it's hard to describe it, you know, just bit playing around with it, it's really exciting and what it can do and and um, how it performs um, has definitely opened my eyes to different <clears throat> possibilities. And I know listening to you talk, Brandon, as well, and you're talking about how it works, like especially with, you know, just forcing that air out of the mix and, and some of the designs that I was in playing around with, in, you know, I haven't actually fully prototyped them yet. They I know... I'm going to be running, you know, with traditional mixes, what I've been using in the past, there's going to be certain issues and I had to look at how I could circum, you know, navigate around those and, you know, like releasing air from coming out from up, you know, on the upside down. And when Brandon, you're right. talking about, you know, how you used to get all these voids in your, um, was it in your chair, mold, the, the mold, the chair design? Yeah, really anything that now. had any mm. uh, thin, thin mm. sections on verticals, whether it's chairs, benches, mm. whatever, it always, mm. it looked like the surface of the moon. And that was, mm. you know, the polymer modified uh, Buddy Rhodes GFRC mm. we were using back then. It was really bad at mm. trapping that air. But yeah, um, yeah we don't yeah. see that anymore. Yeah, and that sort of got me thinking. And, you know, we started, you know, talking about, you know, sort of I started thinking, and okay, I can do a lot more with my designs because I'm still, I'm still making stuff myself. Um, you know, I'm about to sort of launch my own little, um, with my partner Amy, we're going to just like a little, um, like a little design and manufacturing thing really really small low key um you know not, don't want to sort of build this big manufacturing thing again but um but yeah it also because i enjoy it i came to realize in this sort of hiatus that i have that i actually enjoy making stuff like i get joy out of making stuff and i really get joy out of i don't know just discovering how to do things and make things happen and um and and i know um 
I know you mentioned Brandon, I think on the last podcast or one of them, um, you talking about, you know, where we should come from a pace of design. And that was um, always the, the, um, the, the ethos, one of the core values of Pop Concrete was we're a design and manufacturing firm. So we're driven by design. Design was what, you know, drove everything we did, um, or at least, you know, we tried to, you know, it wasn't always the case, but um, we definitely tried to do that. And, um, and so, yeah, I definitely when I started playing around with Kodiak Pro and, um, and ICT again, I was like, okay, now we've got a different animal, um, a different beast. And, um, and I was really, really excited about the direction where you guys are heading with it and what you're sort of talking yeah. about it. And, um, and um, yeah, so it's, it's really good. It's, I'm really, really excited to um, get it out into the hands of um, as many people in, in Australia and New Zealand who want to really try it and want to get a, get onto it um where yeah we literally just got the container coming in we're just sorting out all the landing costs at well um so that we can then just launch pricing and everything like that for everyone and get it out there and just find yeah finalizing my sand and cement blend as well that'll sort of complement it um and yeah i'm really really excited about bringing it into the market and start to run some training um but yeah and this time yeah coming at it i'm not gonna don't really want to come in at us, you know, I'm going to just flog off all this material for really cheap. And, you know, it's that, that game is done. I think, I think there is a, a real solid market for people wanting a really good, well-performing solid product that, you know, I think, and not only that, with my conversations with you, John, I know you keep talking a lot about you wanting to continue to innovate and continue to develop. And, right. and, um, and I think that is so crucial in business is, soon as you stop and rest on your laurels you that might carry you for a little bit you know and um but eventually eventually it's going to come and you know you're going to get taken you know it's going to do you in and um and i know in the early days with pop concrete we were you know we were always on the you know a big presence in those social media not in a huge way but yeah always posting and putting stuff up sharing going to meetings and developing then i suppose we got busy um and you know we didn't do much marketing you know we didn't do much on instagram there's only you know posts here and there and then there were big companies that just companies that just sort of grew you know there's um mm-hmm. you know people like concrete collective down in melbourne you know um concrete nation who are just um up on the north side and unfortunately um concrete nation they're probably australia's biggest manufacturer of concrete products they went into liquidation a couple of weeks ago as well so which is a real shame um yeah yeah, unfortunately, there's a lot of bad talk around people. You know, there's a lot of pointing fingers, what happened, what that. And that's, I think that's, in a way, sort of irrelevant, really. I mean, you know, everyone's got their own things. But I think the sad thing I found were people like, oh, best news ever, Concrete Nation went bust. Like, really? Yeah. <laughs> really? Like, yeah. It's, it's, it's shit, you know. Like, yeah, they might be a competitor, but you've got to understand these guys – they started around the same time we did. They forged and pushed ahead and they, like, we can thank these guys. We can thank Jason and Kate and the whole, you know, for, they, they paved the way for a lot of us. You know, a lot of you guys, you know, who have, you know, now benefiting from them, you picked up their work and you're rejoicing that they like, come on, these guys paved the way. Yeah, that and, work wouldn't know, be there if they, they hadn't come along. Yeah, exactly. And only right. that. And the thing is, there, yeah. There's no competition. Even 
I, I've been trying, me and John have been trying to spread that word for 20 years. It's like, if you do what you do in, in, in Australia, design is a big thing. If you have design that is very unique and you're design focused, other companies are doing different things. Those clients want you, they don't want them. You're not losing work to anybody. Hmm, no. And so all these people it rejoicing at what somebody went on business. That's just gross, man. Like grow up. You're not going to yeah, benefit from that. Business is yeah. a family. Like there's a husband and wife and a family. Like, they have kids, you and, know, like, yeah. Yeah, like you can, you know, you can see, oh, it's this big company, all that, you know, and you, you immediately associate them with some big multinational company. No, 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 they're just a company that was pushing ahead, forging ahead and on the outside, you know, seeming extremely successful and, you know, and it, and it has its own problems and its own challenges within that. And, um, and yeah, and for whatever reason, it sort of all came crashing down and it's, it's a shit time in your life when yeah. that happens. You lose your baby, you lose this thing that you've just brought to life and grown and developed. And yeah, and then to for people to, you know, really be like rejoicing in the facts, like, you know, because yeah, I've got extra work and good news for everyone, you know, Concrete Nation is down. It's like, really? That's how yeah. you can approach it? Like, it's not good um, news. You know, what, in, what it is, is a warning to everybody in the sense of it's a warning that I've, I've learned, you've learned, they've learned is when you get too big, when things go sideways, even a little bit, a lot of times that could be the end. <laughs> right. Yes. And so yes. the, the yeah. lesson learned, and I've seen it happen, not just in concrete, but I have friends in other industries in automotive. I have a buddy that does granite and they grew these businesses huge. And then a little blip in the economy or whatever, totally shut down their business. They lost everything. Yeah. And yeah. Um, and everybody that's gone through that, I think when they come back, they say, I'm not going to do that again. I'm going to I'm gonna yeah. start another business. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start doing it, but I'm not going to get big again. I'm going to keep it small, keep it focused, like what you're doing. Focus, focus, focus. Make the best of whatever it is. And uh, and then you can ride out the the waves. Yeah. yeah well, in I, this space, go yeah. after a different market. I mean, yeah. Yeah. if you know those guys and talk to them, you know, wherever they were at and whoever they were catering to and mm. whatever pushed them to the point of liquidation, you know, that's mm. something to learn from. That's, that's yeah. something Brandon and I have talked about too. When we talk mm. about, you know, other people or trainings that, that talk about business and running a business, either a, mm. that they've never run a business yeah. or mm. even in, as importantly to me is people who've run successful or even unsuccessful businesses, mm. because, that's the kind of, I mean, that's who I want to talk to. You know what I mean? That's, mm. I would love yeah. to have a chat with these guys and so should mm. anybody else. And that way they, they've clearly walked through the minefield and found the pitfalls mm. and how they got there. If they come back like you're doing right now, mm. you've yeah. learned from those lessons and you're as committed to grow and be successful moving forward, learning from all that. So yeah, grow, grow think, smarter. <laughs> The, gross the second time yeah. around. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's true. And and it is like, I, it's amazing how I am approaching this with, well, so much more wisdom. Um, I actually reached out to Bob and had a quick chat with him just to just sort of touch base. And um, I said, yeah, I sort of feel like I've got a bit more patience and wisdom. And I said, it was an expensive lesson to get an expensive learning to get to this place. But yeah. it, and I'm grateful for it now. I genuinely am grateful. I'm genuinely grateful for all that happened with, you know, Pop Concrete, you know, and as hard as it was. And, and you know, and, you know, I, I have had two years to really 
reflect hard and, and accept responsibility for all the stuff that, you know, I definitely contributed to and to not apportion blame. Cause as soon as you apportion blame um, to anything, it doesn't matter where it's big things, little things at home, whatever in your life, as soon as you apportion blame, you've, you, you've now sort of taken the realm of control out of yourself and you've sort of given control to someone else because Really, at the end of the day, people will um, only act um, according to their values, their highest values. They're just going to act and behave that way. And if they, you know, do that and, and you get all upset and offended, it's like, okay, well, that's, you know, should have been expected. And that's what I sort of learned. Okay, um, it, it, I started to realize, okay, you know, people were behaving and acting and doing things to what their values were. And I started to see those happening towards the end there. And I thought, so in the end, it shouldn't have really surprised me, but um, it still doesn't, you know, take away the, the sting of it, but um, it helps definitely to um, be able to sort of take a step back and say, hey, it's all right, you know, they did what they did. I responded in the way I did and it all happened, um, you know, and yeah. And so, yeah, it's it's been a hell of a ride, um, but definitely a lot of learning and um, growing personally and and um, just getting to a place where I can sort of approach this new, new sort of um, business venture with uh, – uh, probably eyes a little bit more wider open and a um, little bit more um, caution um, <laughs> and not so and a little bit more um, yeah just some wisdom and and patience and and I mean I'll be honest like I was hoping you know originally when we were talking John we were sort of hoping to have this launched um, Easter this year or you know maybe mid this year <laughs> and right. here we are it's taken you know six to nine months longer and that has been also beautiful learning in that process of getting there. And obviously a lot has happened. You know, I've had COVID three times. Um, I was in Dude, hospital. I got COVID right know, now. Surgery. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. I, it's crazy. Yeah. 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 And um, yeah, so I, um, yeah, I, I was in hospital. I had some cancers removed and it all went septic and I ended up in, in isolation there. And um, they said, oh yeah, another 24 hours unchecked. You would have, yeah, you'd probably be, <laughs> you might not be with us. And um, yeah, just went, really septic really quick i remember i was sitting at home on the couch in shock holding this bleeding shoulder not knowing what was happening my partner comes home and she goes you're right and she goes you look clear i said oh, i don't know don't feel anything <laughs> straight <laughs> off the hospital and and um yes yeah, so i had to recut everything open put me under and yeah clean it all out so oh, man crazy. and um yeah that was a crazy crazy week of my life like um i found out literally 20 minutes before I went into surgery, got a message that one of my really close friends has passed away from cancer. I mean, we were sort of waiting for it, but it's still a shock. And I was like, shit, I've got to hold my shit together. I've got to go into surgery. I'm literally going under in 20 minutes. And um, and um, then I come out of surgery. And then two days later, you know, three days later, I get news that um, my friend Salad passed away. So, was, yeah, it's been a pretty, pretty hectic ride. And, you know, and, and that's the thing. I think life happens. You know, and that's what we need to learn. That life happens, and we just got to sort of learn to roll with roll with, it, yeah. with life. Yeah, yeah, and that's a hard one to do because we want to try and control and 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 fix everything. But when you sort of can, you know, sort of surrender to the flow of life a little bit more, um, you start to relax a bit, and you can start to actually observe, and you get this awareness of what's going around, and it's amazing how you can sort of um, respond from a I don't know a bit better place and. And that's the wisdom I didn't have, you know, going into business back then, you know, and that's fine because you only know what you know and you can only do what you can do. And 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 I've been able to sort of, 
I suppose forgive that part of myself as well. Like, you know, like you just, you can only sort of operate to what the, the level that you can. And, um, and in doing that, um, like you think, yeah, I genuinely tried to do my best at the time. And, and even now, like I'll look back in 10 years and think, Oh, I could have done things a lot differently, a lot better. It's so, like, but I do what I do now. You try and operate out of integrity, you know, you keep those core values, you know, you know, and then you sort of work with those and, um, yeah. And I, and I just want to continue going back into, you know, into this new business venture with a win-win um, attitude that, you know, I help you win, you know, you help me win. We all, yep. you know, we all trying to, you know, support and improve and better each other. And, um, you know, I'm not in the game of tearing down, pulling down people. Like I know what's happened. I'm um, with the business and between Chris and I, I know what went on. I'm, and I, I don't need to defend myself. And if people want to think what they want to think and believe, that's 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 fine. I, yeah. I really don't care. Um, I'm I'm ready to support and help in whatever way people can get it out, you know, or need, you know. And um, if I can, um, I obviously can't in all things, but um, definitely, you know, coming back to well, yeah, Sammy. Sorry to interrupt you. No, yeah. You you've now or you know you're with Brandon and John. I mean. Mm. I can't even come up with a person that doesn't have amazing things to say about us. <laughs> yeah. So you know, it's one of those things I mean, that people, people talk and, uh, and most people talk and have never even met the people they're talking about. They've never had a conversation. They've never shook their hand, but they have a lot to say. And, and I don't concern myself with those people's opinions because they're irrelevant. So, yeah. Yeah. And then, and what we've talked about and I'll continue to stand behind you know, we, we're looking for all of, clearly we, you know, continue to want to be successful. Mm. And one thing that was great about getting together with you and your plans for the upcoming year mm. is, you know, we want our successes to build with your successes yeah. To, yeah. to help, you know, everybody on in Australia be successful, mm. you know, with whatever yeah. they're casting and, and, you know, bring in, a the best materials quality. we believe yeah, the, the best materials the possible. Best we, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, so I mean, we are truly excited about it. I hope you know that yeah. we are truly yeah, excited yeah. to have things yeah. finally land over there. And I can't <laughs> wait. I mean, yeah. just your feedback alone in the mm. very beginning, just being candid mm. with you here. Yeah. Um, based on everything you had done and you and I, you mm. know, have conversations and da, 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 da. So when you got back to me in the same breath and was like, Oh, uh, yeah. Wow. John, <laughs> like, this is not <laughs> what I was expecting <laughs> because of everything you had worked with before mm. it yeah, really, you exactly. know, that, that even you were able to turn that in your head and realize this mm. is really a different material. Mm. Um, mm. and you know, and as you were just saying, ready to cater to a market mm. that if they're ready to move to a higher quality, mm. uh, yeah, it's, I think it's going to mm. be a great thing over yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, works. Sure. It is, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I'm, and like, I'll just say, I'm just extremely grateful to you guys for. I suppose you, you are taking a risk, you know. Like, obviously, there's a lot of, in in some ways, baggage that comes with, you know, me coming back onto the scene, you know, coming back into the game. You know, there's a lot of talk, and you know, a lot of, you know, um, oh, I'm gonna just put it out there, misinformation. Um, put it out there bluntly. Um, but. And for you guys to then, like you guys obviously would have to process that. There's a lot of chatter coming from all around the place and, you know, finger pointing and blaming and stuff like that. And and so, um, yeah, so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really grateful to that, you guys. Yeah. Sammy, we don't care. 
Yeah. I legit do not care what rumors. I'm so, I was talking to Martin Haddock earlier today and Martin Haddock uh, was, we we were just chatting back and forth and he was telling me that it's funny how many people have so much negative stuff to say about me and how I never have anything negative to say about them. And he's like, that's telling that they're always saying stuff about you, but you never say anything about them. I'm like, yeah, dude, I I, I just don't care. I I have Mm. three beautiful kids. I have a great life. And I don't care what people say about me. It doesn't bother me. And I, but I said, what do they say? Like, what are the things I'm interested? And he's like, well, they tried to warn me not to do business with you because you left your wife because she said you, your work looks like Futong Chang. I'm like, what? what? I, did they even listen to my TEDx talk? That's not what I said. That's not the story I told. Not even close. But he said multiple people have brought that up in conversation that I left my wife. Oh, wow. And... Uh, and I said, they seriously said that. He's like, yeah, they seriously said it. And I, it, But he said that he's asked people, literally asked him, what did Brandon Gore ever do to you? To you? Mm-hmm. What did he do? Every one of them, nothing. Nothing. I just don't like his ego. And I'm like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I, okay. Whatever. <laughs> uh, I don't know what to say to that. I, I, I don't know how to even yeah. respond to that. So. Yeah. I don't care. It's one of those things. And so the things, you know, I've, I've heard, I've heard people People have called me and John up and, and told us the rumors, the gossip, whatever. Me and John talking, I'm like, dude, I don't care. Like, I do not care. None of that stuff means anything to me. And like well, if anything, I'll just be honest with you. Yeah. I mean, right up front with all of it, it told me, I don't, again, I'm not going to say clearly you're trying to judge character over phone calls. Uh, <laughs> we have not met face to face. So it continued to reinforce me anyway to be like, no. This is somebody I want to be working with. Mm. And I'll say that everything based on your background, things you've been doing, yeah. um, you know, people that you've worked with, uh, what experience you've had, both in making mm. materials and running business, um, mm. other material uh, providers that you were working with, that you were having trouble, troubles yep. that I won't go into. Like you were saying, mm. some of you, you guys were what, you know, trying to break stuff up and grind things up because, you know, I mean, these are all experiences you've gone yeah. through. So yeah. for me, regardless of what someone was saying, man, I mean, the, in, in the question too many people don't ask themselves often enough is mm. who are these things coming from? And yeah. I mean that in an all positive yeah. sense. Who yeah, are these yeah. things coming from? Where's the source and, of this yeah, where's misinformation? The and, you know, and what do they have and, to gain? Yeah, yeah gain yeah. or lose based on this information. Yeah, and, yeah, that's you know, true. so it's all good, man. And again, I I, I just re reemphasizing how excited we are to be working yeah, with cool. you. Yeah, and you know, growing in Australia. How long mm. before the website's up, or is it already up? Um, it it I'm hoping this week. Yeah, because it's. Yeah, I'm, so I'm working it on my own because part of what Sal was working on was our marketing and the website. So, you know, and, and we put some money in towards it and um, and it's so I've had to pick up, yeah, I've had to sort of pick up on that um, part of it myself because I really don't have the budget to sort of throw too much money at the website. So it's going to be pretty basic, but, um, yeah, just got to get it functional. Basic's just, good. You know, yeah, basic's good. You know, I just, you know, we had these big grand ideas and I suppose – I've been letting those ideas go because <laughs> they're really exciting. It's really exciting what we had planned or doing now. It's like, all right, let's just scale it back and let's just get it started, let it go, and we'll just build slowly and just build yeah. surely. And um, and um, yeah, I'm 
and coming to that place myself of that patience of being able to step back and take it more slowly is sort of <laughs> it's new for me. <laughs> there you yeah. go. Well, dude, our and website. I mean, John and I, our website because we don't have the budget to do re- the website that we would like to build would be a very very expensive website. So yeah. me yeah. and John hired a company. We but um, our budget was very small, very tight. And we essentially like, you know, bubble gummed and duct taped together this <laughs> operating system to make it work. And it works pretty good. Yeah. It works like 95% of the way. Um, <laughs> you know, people are like, why is my discount not working? I'm like, I don't know. We'll send you a custom invoice. Uh, but, you know, it works pretty good. But it's just one of those things that you have to do what you can do at that time. And then yeah. When, yeah, when the budget allows, you can do the next thing yeah. and the next thing, next yeah. thing. So, yeah, yeah it's part yeah. of it. And, and you grow with through. Yes, yes. That's exactly what I was going to say. You're not you sort of so you got this bit of a vision of where you want to be and you're sort of trying to leapfrog there straight away as opposed to hang on to get to that place you know there's a lot of work that needs to happen and you need to again it's just you know allowing allowing the sort of the flows of life to sort of yeah you sort of work with the things especially the things that you, you know like the old adage you know you know but you can't change certain things you know you just got to work with them and um, yeah. And there's a lot in life. You realize that I've got no control over really. Yeah. Um, so, but I can control my response to it. I can control how I, how I work with it moving forward. And, um, and I think that's the skill of life that we sort of, yeah, we takes a lifetime to learn. Yeah. It's funny you say that. Cause I read a quote earlier today and I'm not going to even repeat the quote cause I can't remember verbatim what it was, but essentially it said that all you have at the very end, like uh, at your dying breaths, is how you respond in that moment. Mm. In a mm. sense of, you know, you could scream and yell and cry, or mm. you could just be yeah. calm and yeah. loving. Yeah. That's your yeah. choice. You you have that choice. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, Sammy, I think that's a good ending point. We've been talking yeah, for quite so a while. We'll end with death. And, well, we all end with death, buddy. It's it's guaranteed. <laughs> Sit and embrace it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not me, man. I'm not going with it, but well, John John's just gonna be that head that's chopped off in like a cryogenic right. freezer with wires <laughs> exactly. running to it. <laughs> They're gonna bring me back. They're gonna bring me back. Oh God. Yeah, yeah that's gonna be awesome. <laughs> Dry ice fumes coming around yep. his head. He's just sitting there mm-hmm. talking. Uh Sammy, it's great talking. As soon as you get your website up and, and functional, let us know and we'll send out an email blast yeah, to everybody. And yeah, we look forward to uh to seeing Kodiak Pro in Australia. Yeah. Absolutely. We look forward look to forward it, Sam. To continuing, yeah, I look forward to continuing this good working relationship. And, um, yeah, very excited to, um, yeah, have you guys, I suppose, through your product in Australia and also you guys sharing your experience and knowledge um, in manufacturing and in the, um, the designing of um, these materials. Um, and I think that's it's extremely valuable. And I think a lot of people respect that. Because um, I know I won't be able to answer all the technical and questions about the chemistry and stuff like that, but um, definitely um, they have access to you, John, which I think is yep. so invaluable. Um, considering that you know you guys are the brains behind it all, and you know it so intimately and so intricately, and you can you know help navigate through you know you know whatever challenges you have as a manufacturer um, making products. So yeah, I'm really excited. So yeah. Excellent. All right, guys. Well, until next time, Sammy, adios, amigo. Yep. Yeah. Adios, Sammy. Enjoy your day. Will do. You too.